so welcome home. I want to say that in a special way today. Of course, we can say it every Sunday. But I think today is kind of different and kind of one of those moments in the year where we just want to say it's good to gather together as a family. So welcome home. Welcome to this place. If I haven't met you yet, my name's Sandy Isfell. I serve on staff here. Uh, we're really glad to connect with you today. And God's giving us a good day in this house. Amen? I want to thank our worship team for an outstanding way of leading us. Can we thank them for that? Worship team, appreciate you guys. Wow. I know that many of you are just getting back into your lives, back into your routines, back into school, back into work, back into this community, back into church. So I'm just saying to you, welcome home. It's good to be together with you if you're just kind of reconnecting and, and landing here again. You know, I love this time of the year. Uh, especially when it's warm out, which is about every second or third day. Uh, the weather kind of fools with us every now and then, right? And, uh, but I, what I love about this time of the year is we're really close to Thanksgiving. That's only about eight days away from now. And I don't know what you do at Thanksgiving, but for us it is a welcome home moment. We invite family members uh, who are far and abroad to come and be home with us. We invite friends to connect with us. And we do what most people do. We cook that glorious bird known as the turkey, turkey right? I, I'm a turkey guy, but actually Thanksgiving dinner for me uh, only really works if there's four other elements. There's got to be mashed potatoes. There's got to be gravy. There's got to be dressing. And there's got to be that red stuff that you put on the side. Cranberry sauce, right? It's like, oh, God, whoever invented that must have been a Christian. It's just so good. Wow. And uh, I, I love Thanksgiving dinner at our house. We hang out for almost a whole day, um, you know, watch a little bit of football on TV if it's on, if the game is good. And the day culminates for me when I take my dog for a walk in the park area just beside our house. I don't know why, but walking my dog on Thanksgiving is very important to me. It just works. And uh, it's a welcome home moment. I hope that you feel some of that today. I hope that you sense that this is a home, because it is, actually. That's what the church is all about. We're a family. We belong together. We do life together. We're on the journey together. And so we're really glad that you're here. And I want you to see yourselves as sitting in the living room of the family home known as the church today. Just relax. Just sit back. You're there on the couch. It's awesome. Um, you've been there many times, of course, and uh, suddenly it dawns on you, after you've been sitting on the living room couch for a while in the family of the church, you, you realize, wow, I, I'm not just a frequent guest, I actually live here now. And that's one of those cool moments when it sort of all comes together for us and we, we see ourselves as part of the family. And uh, I just say to you, you are part of the family. This is a family. And we are with each other in the ups. And we're with each other in the downs, and both are part of the whole thing, and we get that. And we love you, so welcome home. And uh, Pastor Nick mentioned that card on your chair. We didn't just throw cards on chairs because we thought we don't know what to do with them, but we put cards on your chairs today with the hope that some of you um, will engage this moment in a, in a special way, and you'll fill out that card. At any time during my talk, you feel prompted to do it. Go ahead and do it. It's not for everybody, because some of you have already filled out cards before here, and we got your info, but if you have an update to give us on your info, or you're just saying, you know what, I'm going to make this my home, my spiritual home, we want you to fill out that card, and hold on to it, and we'll tell you how you can turn it in later at the end of our time together, okay? 
Well, the, the, there's so many incredible images of what the church of Jesus is all about in the Bible. And uh, we could spend seven days in a row going through all that. But today I just want to cover a couple of the images of the church uh, known as the family of God and the tribe. And that's who we are. We're a group of people uh, who believe that God is with us and in us and taking us somewhere on the journey. I want to read from a couple of passages. They're Psalm 84. You can turn there. And then Ephesians chapter 4. And the words will be on the screen. If you don't have a Bible, you can, you can actually slip back and get one at the back and use it, keep it if you don't have one. But the words will also be on the screen. So I'm going to read out of first the Old Testament and then the New Testament. And these are passages that describe to us who we are. All right? So welcome home. Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. I love that passage. The people that live in the house of God, they have worship on their lips all the time. They just can't stop thanking God for who he is and what he's done. And then over to Ephesians chapter 4 at verse 3. It says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And then over to verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ." From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I think when we finally catch a sense of what those passages are talking to us about, I think when we finally engage our hearts in what God has spoken to us about his church in the word, I think when that occurs, we will see and sense that the place that we are involved in is a dwelling place of God. There's nothing like the church on planet Earth. Nothing like it. There's no other organization or group that can claim the things that the church can claim about itself. And I think the church ought to be a place that's very invitational, very open to all people, wide open to everyone welcoming of all people. 
I think the church should be a people in a place that also thrives with a real clear sense of purpose and vision and why they're really here. Because we have things to do. And I get really excited about our future when I look in the scriptures and see what God's picture of the church is like. And so as we try to connect to all this today in our welcome home message here on this welcome home Sunday, I think we should take it to heart that there are some invitations that God is dropping on some of us here this morning. Invitations that help you to feel welcome in his home. And the first invitation is this. Why don't you settle in? That's an invitation to know and feel that you really belong here with the people that have called this their home church. Settle in. And uh, it's coming to that point of saying to ourselves, you know, I've been in the living room of this family known as the church for a while. I've been on the couch, and I've realized after a while, I've made many uh, appointments on that couch. I've sat there many times. Maybe I'm no longer a guest. Maybe I'm a family member. And when that dawns on you, that's a very cool moment in your life. In my own journey, I came... um, kicking and screaming into the church with great resistance. I was in my 20s, and I'm like, I'm not going to be part of some religious club. I was part of a house church movement thing for a while, and I found out that the house church movement has as much politics as the organized church. But I didn't care. I was going to go in the door of some building called the church. Are you kidding me? You asked my wife about this. She knew. She knew me back then. She was worried about me. And uh, I resisted identifying with a church for a long time until one day I went to a church in Calgary in my early 20s and the message spoke to me. And it was a message not about this topic, but about the nature of the church in the heavenly realms. And I went, if that is how God sees the church, I've got to change my perspective. And I made a commitment to belong in a church right after that. I became a member, I served in kids' ministries. I was on the evangelism outreach team. I had a young men's Bible study in my basement suite in Calgary. Um, We just jumped in. We were at prayer meetings. And you know, as young men, we went to every potluck the church had. We're like, oh God, thanks for potlucks. (laughs) Thanks for barbecue days. You're a bachelor. You're like, I'm just going to go to the church and eat. It's good. It's, It's the way it should be. And I came kicking and screaming into the church with a lot of hang-ups, a lot of hurts. The people that had been part of my journey when I was a new believer had put some bad seeds into my life about the church and said, it's always corrupt and all that. I, I learned that it isn't so. No church is perfect. But I learned that there are people on the earth who call themselves the body of Christ and God's in them. And I want to be part of that. I don't want to miss out on that. So I had to settle in. I think when we get to that point, it's a profound moment for us. Verse 4 in Ephesians chapter 4, it says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. And by the way, when we talk about being called into hope, it's not an individualistic hope. It's a communal hope. It's our hope that we have together. And our oneness, our unity, as described in many places in the Bible, is not a oneness of sameness, but rather it's this complex, amazing, intricately designed unity based on the 
various threads of our lives weaving together to become a beautiful, beautiful garment that God is sewing. That's the church. That's what we settle into. Peter the Apostle had some inspiring words about this, and in his first letter he put it this way, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. That is so huge that we get to offer spiritual sacrifices to God in the heavenly realms. So welcome home to that. Welcome home to a living organism, um, a people who are committed to a presence known as the presence of God. Do you see who we really are when we talk about the church? Do you find your mind embracing that kind of perspective of what the church is? We're a tribe, we're a temple, we're a body, we're a family, we have friends in this communal gathering. It's really profound. So I encourage you, settle in if you haven't. Settle in. Make friends here. Decide that, you know, I I I sense that I'm supposed to be here and then say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be here more frequently or I'm gonna attach or I'm gonna I'm gonna enter into the whole process of fully becoming a member of this church and in signing on to the covenant that we have and all of that. I encourage you to settle in. And when we do that, we're saying we embrace the place. I thought that's such a good statement. Some of you should send it out on Twitter. Embrace the place. Embrace this place. Embrace this place with all of its values and vision, with all of its vulnerability. Embrace this place with all of its potential, and all of its problems. Because like every church, we've got our share of problems. We've got challenges and things and things that we're not on top of. If you're, if you're new to understanding that, let me help you with it. It's just called being normal. <laughs> there are things that we don't do well. Some of them we're aware of. Some of them we're not. But we want our hearts in the right direction. We want God to speak to us. And maybe he'll speak through you. So I encourage you to be in your hearts ready to settle into the place that God wants you to settle in. And I guess for some of you today, that might be what it takes for you to get that card and fill it out and say, today, I'm saying I'm all in here. It's a, it's a moment. You know, maybe you've been here for a year or six months or three months or two weeks or two years and you just need to settle that in your heart. I'm settling in. Here's another invitation. It's, a, it's an invite to recognize the presence. You might ask the question, who are we as the people of God? The answer in the Bible is, we are the people of his presence. This is what really defines us. It's not that we're a volunteer organization. There's other volunteer organizations. But we are a people who are indwelt by the manifest, real presence of God. And that sets us apart. Every church in this world is like that. Every church that honors Jesus in this city is like that. We are brothers and sisters with hundreds and thousands of people in Airdrie. Some of them worship differently. Some of them worship the same way. We are one in Christ. There's there's really, in one sense, only one ultimate church in Airdrie. 
Psalm 84 is a pilgrimage psalm. It's about people who are longing for and desiring that sense of home that we only get when we are in and under the presence of God. And so in verse 4 of 84, it says, Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. These are the people who live in the house of God. And even back then, the people of God knew God doesn't dwell in four walls. Presence theology is all over the Psalms. Ephesians chapter 2, Paul put it this way. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Wow. Thank you, God, that you're living here. Thank you, Lord, that you have set up camp in this tribe, that you've made us your people. You've defined us with your presence. And that's so important. Do you remember when Moses was asking God for some special favors? And he went to God, I think it was Exodus chapter 32 and 33 in there. Um, and, and, And Moses went to God and said, do not send us up from here unless you go with us. Let your presence go with us. Otherwise, we don't want to move. So essential that we understand how vital it is that we be a people of the presence of God, that we encounter his presence. So I don't know how that impacts you when you, when you come to gather here, and we could gather anywhere, it'd be the same thing, it's not about this building, but when you come to gather here, do you have some expectation of what's going to happen? Is your faith activated? Do you have an appetite for God? Do you come hungry for the word? Are you thirsting for his presence? Are you, are you ready to receive? I, I hope and believe many of you are. And some of you are checking this out, and that's awesome too. We welcome you. Because God is actually doing something in the midst of his people every time we gather in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. And I don't know of anything more important for our souls than to bask in the presence of our Father. If you have problems, and we all do, you know, if you have stresses and worries and concerns, I guarantee you that if you dare to put them in God's hands and worship him, that burden will lift off of you at least for a time. And God has made his house to be a place of peace, right? A place of peace and a place of prayer. We'll talk about that here in a moment. And so encountering the presence of God is something that we are invited into. And with that comes this thought, that we're actually also inviting you into a culture of continuous renewal. And I love the word continuous because we get really excited about renewals sometimes and renewals can come and go But continuous renewal says that we are going to be committed as a people to saying yes to God every day, every week, every month, every year, and to live in renewal all the time so that God leads us and God speaks and God strengthens his people. And when that happens, there's joy in the room. And I just really love what God is doing in in this area of our church and how he's preparing us for more in the area of renewal Some of you are ready for even more. You're ready to swim into the deep end of the swimming pool, and that is awesome. Others of you, you're coming in, and you're about ankle deep, and you're like, I'm not so sure what I think about all this yet. Totally fine. There's no pressure. Just kind of wade in when you're ready. Don't do things because people do them. Do them because you should do them. And so renewal for you might be taking that next step into getting your Bible and really reading it and really marking it up and really absorbing the scriptures in your own life. That's what it might mean for you. 
Uh, or it might mean that you actually start praying in your own life. And you really commit yourself to a daily time with God every single day of your life that you're going to just bask in his presence. You're not going to lose sight of his face. And you're going to commit yourself to that. Here's the thing. You have permission to walk in renewal at the rate you want to. That's between you and God. I hope it's more. And I hope we will invite you always to more. But you have to say yes to him. He sets the pace with you. So welcome home. Welcome to the presence of God. Here's another invitation. It's an invite to bring your best. And by that I don't mean performance, like, oh God, I'm so good, I, I, you know, I'll atone for my own sins and I'll, I'll make salvation happen for me. No, 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 because we're not saved by works, we're saved by grace. So I'm not talking about bringing your best in that sense. I, I'm talking instead about something else. I'm talking about bringing our best in terms of our availability, our gifts, our experience, and our passion. I'm talking about bringing our best into the home. And that's how homes function, right? Everybody's supposed to bring their best. And you have bad days, right? When you can't bring your best, it's okay. Your family doesn't kick you out. But we've got to bring our best. And we've got to have our game on sometimes when the game is ready to be played. And, you know, if you're sitting around and looking at all the things in your house that need to be done and you're pointing fingers at everybody saying, how come you're not doing it? They're going to point their fingers at you, right? And say, what is your role in this? So I've got a role. And... Uh, I have many roles, but one of my roles is that um, on Sunday nights, I have to take out the garbage. Now, I hate taking out the garbage on Sunday nights. It actually offends me. I, I've had a good day in this house, and I go home. I have a rest time, and uh, you know, I might just connect with my family. I might watch CNN. I might go for a walk with my dog. And then I'm reminded, usually by God, that the garbage has to go out. I don't know why our street has to have it picked up on a Sunday night. And I feel like calling the city and saying, can we change the block? <laughs> but I know that would look really bad and I'd embarrass all of you, so I don't do that. But I'm like, oh, but it's my mantle. I got to own it. So somewhere on Sunday night, usually around 10 o'clock, I'm like, okay. Oh, God, help me. You know, the whole thing takes two minutes. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, okay. And everybody helps. People go up to different rooms. They empty the garbage. I just hold the bag, and I get the few things here. And out it goes to the curb, and then comes the recycling stuff, and I'm like, I'm done. And you think that would be so easy to do? It is not for me. I'm just admitting my faults to you. But can you imagine if I just said, I ain't doing it. I don't care. That would just not go well in our family. Because we all have jobs, right? We've all got roles. We've got portfolios. We've got things that we should own. The same is true in the family called the church. We've got things that need to get done. And um, Paul wrote about that in the passage we read. He said, from him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Now, you might miss this if you don't understand what your part is in it, because we're all involved in this. When our kids were small, they were really into um, Lego. How many of you got Lego maniacs at home? Oh, lots of you. 
I thought, we, I thought it was an old thing. Like, wow, it's still happening. Lego, Lego mania, right? And uh, I remember when our boys were really young and they were really into it. And, you know, on their birthdays and Christmas and all that, they'd get a, a Lego present, some kind of Star Wars thing, and, and they're putting it together and there's these hundreds of pieces on the floor. And uh, I, I, don't, I don't do well with those things either. I'm not a good person to put little pieces together. In fact, you know, even in puzzles, I don't understand that. Why would you take a nice picture and cut it up in pieces and say, reassemble it? I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. So once on my wife, she was doing a puzzle. She likes puzzles. I hid a piece for a week. I did. And there it was, incomplete, you know, sitting on the card table. And I finally said, hey, I think I know where that piece is. And I confessed. It was, it was a bad moment. I was like, I'm sorry, Marianne. I, I need your forgiveness. So my, my, my young boys are playing on the floor. This is years ago, and they're doing Lego, and I'm thinking, I should hide one of their pieces. Can you imagine? Like they're building like the Millennial Falcon or something, and they're missing the windshield. I thought, I'll just hide it, right? I'll just stick it in my bedroom, and I'll bring it out in a month. But I felt so cruel. Oh, I can't do that. So I did, and they put it all together. But can you imagine if you held back that piece, and they're like, Dad, where's that last piece? And you're like, I don't know. You see, the thing is not complete until when? It's attached until you click it in place. It's got a spot that's designed for it. It fits perfectly in there. And once that last piece is in, it's beautiful. You know where I'm going, right? Same is true for us in the church. There's a spot for you that only you can fill. It is designed for your personality, your gifts, your passion, your experience, and when you're put into that, when you, when you find out what it is, it goes click, the whole church rejoices. We can't be the church without you. We can't. We're always missing something until everyone who's supposed to be here is really, really, really attached and bringing their best. I, I just love what God is doing in our kids' ministries and youth ministries. There's a whole new vision and direction that we're going that's so strong and so good. And I just marvel at all the people that are showing up and helping, and we still need more. And there's still uh, holes in, 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 the, in the system in different places where there's opportunities for volunteers, but I'm so thankful to God for what he has started. And I know that some of you are doing double duty to help out in kids' ministries. Some of you don't know that there's people doing double duty. There are people downstairs right now who came to the 9 a.m. service, and guess what? They're 11 a.m.ers. They like the 11 a.m. service, but they go home after the weekend is over, and they say, I can't live with this on my conscience anymore. I've got to go help out. And so now they come to the 9 a.m. service and worship, and they serve at 11. That's just mind-boggling awesome. That's great. And we could talk about what God's doing in the kids' ministries, but also the youth ministries, and this is a new day, and there's... There's new territory to gain. It's going to take an army of people who will bring their best to that. And I just want to say to all of you who are teenagers here in this room, don't miss what's happening. There's a very cool moment going on in our church in youth ministry and kids' ministries. Don't miss it. How about this invitation? Catch the vision. I say catch it because vision is more caught than taught. And Paul in Ephesians chapter 4, he has this amazing vision of this 
growing, maturing body of believers who are interconnected together, who bring their best, who have settled in. And he does so well at showing us that when that body is healthy and everybody's in alignment, the thing is just amazing. Vision is important. And our vision is something that God has given to us that we have received from Him and we believe it's, it's tailor-made for this congregation. It's something that we've affirmed in the congregation and had input from our members way back and, and then our elders spoke into it recently and then it was adopted. And it's all expressed in seven words, releasing the kingdom of heaven on earth. That's our vision. And so everything that we are attempting to do or should be doing, we are filtering through that vision, saying, does this help us? Will this take us where we need to go? Releasing the kingdom of heaven on earth. What is that all about? Well, it's about restoring lost and broken human beings and reminding them and sharing with them and reaching out to them so that they know there is a God who created them and loves them and has chosen them and is calling them into His family. And they can know Him. Releasing the kingdom of heaven on earth is about rescuing people who are stranded in sin and separated from God. They don't even know what He can do for their lives. We've got to reach out to them. Releasing the kingdom of heaven on earth is about going out there and being the love of God in our city, not just talking about the love of God in our city. It's about offering healing and wholeness in Jesus' name. It's about being the solution for the needs of our town and rising up and meeting those needs. It's about offering peace to the person who's tormented in their mind, tormented in their soul. It's about us as people really living into our kingdom assignment in our work, in our careers, in our, in our neighborhoods, and in our extended families. Because the real work of God takes place outside of these walls. You're kingdom agents. You're men and women of the kingdom. And where God has placed you is a place where you can notice his activity and you can be praying for co-workers and you can be reaching out and building bridges of friendship. You can plant seeds. You can water them. God will use you in profound ways. And many of you are doing that and we honor you for that. So I'm just inviting you into this vision. And I know that many people here have already signed up to it. Many people are serving every day, every, every weekend. Many people are praying for this church, but there's more to get to. There's so much more that God is calling us to. But this is us. This is who we are. We're about releasing the kingdom of heaven on earth and we won't be moved from it. And then I think this also brings us to a point of realizing that we need to dare to dream. That's the last invitation I want to give to you. That we need to dare to dream. To dream by faith. When I talk about dreaming, I don't mean sleep dreaming. I mean wide awake dreaming. And dreaming by faith means that we will envision what God wants to do through our own lives. Because we're all called into something. You know, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There's one body to whom you were called by God. We're all called to be people of the kingdom. And that involves dreaming. And uh, I've been reading a book by Google, believe it or not, just to see how do they, how do they create their culture. And uh, we're all pretty familiar with Google, right? I mean, probably 25 times a day you will be friends with Google in some way. 
Um, but they got a cool book out, and I've been reading it and just learning from it a little bit, and it's, it's somewhat helpful. And uh, this is a quote I got from it. It says this, Go out there and have huge dreams, then show up to work the next morning and relentlessly, incrementally achieve them. Oh, well said. Oh, I think we can use that. Dream great dreams. Dream of what's impossible apart from God. And then by faith, get up the next morning and relentlessly, incrementally take steps into that dream to achieve it. Are you willing to dream again of what can be and what should be? I'm starting to dream again. This summer I was on a vacation with my wife in a beautiful place and I had some long soaking time with God in His presence and the Lord had given me a book to read uh, from one of my favorite people in the kingdom, Erwin McManus from Mosaic Church in Los Angeles. And we had visited that church that night and I bought one of the books that were there that was being sold by, uh, from Erwin McManus. And I started reading it the next day and it spoke to my heart about dreaming. Because in my own life, I'm daring to dream again like never before. Daring to take the lid off and say, God, what do you want to do that only you can do? And this is what I read. You have no greater responsibility than to live the life God created you to live. To live your life at your highest level empowers you to give your life for the greatest good. For you to make your greatest contribution, you must dream, discover, adapt. You must be willing to change. And the greater your ability to change, the greater your ability to bring change. And God has been whispering to me, All summer long again, saying to me, I want you to start dreaming by faith again. I want you to start envisioning this region again. I want you to see beyond 1604 Summerfield Boulevard and what I'm doing there. I want you to see the city as I see the city. And I want to invite you to dream too. What will God do through the youth ministry this year? How many of you have a dream for that? Some of you do. What will God do through the community of this church, through its care ministry, through its needs to be shepherding one another? What dreams do we have to be fulfilled there? What about prayer? Yesterday we had a conference here with a whole group of people, 160 people from all over the place came and and dialed into a prayer conference on a Saturday. And we were inspired. It's an understatement. We were so moved by what we heard and touched by what was presented that many of us made fresh, new commitments to be a people of prayer. Because Jesus says, my Father's house is a house of prayer. And prayer is is, is so essential if we're going to be a people who step into continuous renewal. We can't be the church without prayer. We don't have the covering. We don't have the favor of God without prayer. We don't have the breakthroughs. I was just smitten in my heart so many times thinking, I have to rise up in a whole new way in my own life here. I have to model this, step into this, and I have to ask you, the church, to pray for us in new ways. So I'm going to be doing that. Next Sunday, I'm going to share with you a prayer need that I'm asking the whole church to pray for. I'm not telling you what it is today. It can wait. But next Sunday... There's something important I want to share with you about a ministry that God is doing through us. 
And if you can't make it here next Sunday, watch it online. We started dreaming again in 2013 in this church. Four and a half years ago, God spoke to our elders, he spoke to our staff, he spoke to our core leaders, and he got our attention. And we said yes to the dream again. Yes to faith. Yes to being a church that is dialed into the purposes of heaven on earth. And once we started going there, I I, I remember how the Lord put joy in the church. I remember the first Palm Sunday that we had in 2013 after that moment of recalibration. And there was such joy in the room here. And it reminds me of what we read about in Psalm 126 when it says, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. (laughs) I want you to know something. We're dreaming again. We're saying, God, what do you want to do? What, what is the horizon? How far will you take this church? To what places in this earth will we connect globally? What are you going to lay on our hearts there? What are we going to do in this city? How are we going to be the hands and feet of Jesus in new, fresh ways? How will, will our youth ministry and our kids' ministries go to the next level so that we raise up a generation of people that will praise the Lord? We're saying yes to that. We're agreeing with God that he's laying that on our hearts. So I encourage you to dare to dream. So listen to me, all you 17-year-olds and all you 37-year-olds and all you moms and dads, just listen to me. It is time for us to make this commitment to be bonded together so we can go forward in a new way. It's time to say I'm going to settle in if I haven't, and many of you have, it's time to say that I, I'm going to be a person who, who contributes and brings what I've got to bring so that the overall advance gets better. It's time for us to be attached and connected in love with one another, paying attention to one another so that we can be the people who achieve the dreams that God gives us to achieve. And our dreams call us to declare and proclaim what is true about God. And I'm going to invite our worship team up here right now. And uh, while they're coming up, let me just share with you, what is it that you can declare about God? There's so many things in the Bible that help us with this. I've studied it for uh, a while, and I've come up with these six things. You can declare the promises of God, and you can declare the power of God, and the provision of God, and the protection of God, and the praises of God, and the victory of God. We should be declaring those things every single day of our lives. In some way, we should step into that and say, God, I'm not complete until I am declaring your praises. I'm not complete until I'm announcing your greatness and your power. God, I'm not all that I should be until I'm leaning into your promises like never before. And I want to invite you to declare today with me that we are believing God for amazing things. The Apostle Peter put it this way. He said, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of, his dark, out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now... You are the people of God. So welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome to what's going on. 
to what God's doing in this place, to what he's preparing us for. So we're going to sing here in a moment, but before we do, if you need to fill out this card, I want you to fill it out. I want you to take a pen right now. And if you've already settled in here, you don't need to fill this out. But if you've never filled out a card or you're saying in your heart, I want to make this a declaration moment for me, I want you to fill this out. Do it right now. Do it quick so we can stand and sing here in a moment. And as you're filling it out, you're saying, God, it's time for me to settle in. It's time for me to identify here and belong here and be part of this family. It's time for me to take a step into that. It's time for me to recognize the presence of God in a new way. It's time for me to bring my best. It's time for me to dream, be part of the vision that God has given to this group of people. Okay, so as soon as you're done that, just hold it in your hand and I want to invite us now to stand. Later on, as you're going out, you can give this to a host on your way out. They'll collect them from you. They'll receive them from you. This is your moment. This is your declaration moment. You're declaring, this is home. And I'm part of what God's doing in this place. Stay standing, we're going to sing.